Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, a rather timely book, I'd say, with uh, the holiday season upon us uh, and the likelihood of some holiday hangovers, which the hangover is not new. Uh, Humanity's uh, thirst for alcohol is not new. So there's certainly uh, a history to be told about the hangover and our attempts to find a cure for the hangover, something we're, we're still looking for. I guess the obvious cure for a hangover is, is abstinence, preventing one in the first place. Uh, but uh, for a lot of people, that's just not an option. Uh, all of this is the subject uh, of a fascinating new book. It is called Hungover, The Morning After and One Man's Quest for the Cure. Joining us uh, on the line is the uh, author of said book, journalist Shaughnessy Bishop Stahl joins us. Uh, Shaughnessy, great to have you with us. You're welcome to the program. Hi, Rob. How are, how are things in Calgary? Uh, you know, things are good. Things are good. I think yeah. all, all things considered. Appreciate you joining us here today. Now, this seems like it was uh, a fun experience uh, putting together this book. Kind of a, a risky venture in, in some respects. But wh- why did you set out to do this in the first place? Oh, I don't even remember to tell you the truth. <laughs> it was so long ago, and I lost so many brain cells along the way. Uh, it it's, so. it's hard to track it back. There were moments that were fun. There were moments that were extremely painful. Uh, there were even some that were both. You know? Well, it certainly sounds like it. Now, there is an interesting history here because, you know, what we call the hangover, look, as long as, as uh, humankind has been enjoying alcohol, we've been struggling to avoid or cure hangovers, right? So part of this is, is looking back at the history of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the things I did was try to uh, dig up folkloric remedies going back as far as I could. And uh, interestingly enough, I actually found some that um, actually have some modern sort of scientific reasoning to them. Uh, For example, um, you know, uh, going all the way back to Pliny the Elder in in ancient Rome, they suggested um, uh, pickled owls eggs and then other uh, types of eggs of different fowls and uh, I discovered that um, eggs have been a a treatment all the way up to the you know the American uh, bacon and eggs or the British fry up and it turns out that inside a an egg is this uh, amino acid uh, this amino acid called N-acetyl-L-cysteine which ended up being one of uh, the main ingredients in my kind of more modern concoction um, and that, that and many other things. Uh, I tried uh, the old Victorian chimney sweep uh, remedy of mixing a, uh, a um, spoonful of soot from the fireplace into a cup of warm milk and having that before you start to imbibe. And uh, that's supposed to sort of uh, act as a, um, a filtering system for your toxins and mm-hmm. a lot of stuff like that. 
Because, I mean, scientifically, we, we know what alcohol does to our body and, and how our body responds to it, hence, hence the hangover. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you look at the history of some of these, they seem really strange. Or who would have thought up of the, you know thought up this this particular cure? Have we always understood you know the the chemistry, the science of all of this? No, we've never understood it, and uh, and I'd, I'd venture to say that we still don't. Uh, even alcohol itself is uh, is an extremely ambiguous and mysterious molecule. We barely know how it works. Uh, we know how um, almost every other intoxicant or drug in the world works far better than we know how alcohol does um you know most of uh most drugs sort of attach to a particular receptor in your brain and do a very specific thing whereas with alcohol they described as sort of a a cat's pawing of your frontal lobe that uh affects almost every brain differently and uh and as it withdraws from your system it certainly um causes havoc and in a sort of domino effect way that we still don't fully understand. That's interesting. Now, is it true that some people are basically immune to hangovers? Well, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, the the research says that almost 20% of the population report never having hangovers, uh, even while drinking enough to. But I, I think... I think that that is flawed data. Um, I'm not self-reporting is a very difficult thing with alcohol. People don't always drink as much as they say or think they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that my father, who is a prodigious and uh, almost mythical drinker, um, does not get hangovers. Um, so from personal experience with him, I, I know he's one of that. Now, whether or not there is another, you know, you know twenty percent of the population, I think, is a stretch. But there is there is maybe something to it. Um, yes, there. Uh, you know, one of the things that I think uh, helps people be impervious to uh, hangovers is maybe this sort of sweet spot in their health. Insofar as um, if somebody is generally unhealthy in body, um, then a hangover can get a grip uh, on their immune system in a very devilish and difficult way and make somebody even sicker, somebody who's already uh, in poor health. Mm -hmm. But also on the other end of the spectrum, if you're almost too clean of body so that any sort of toxicity is uh, overreacted to, uh, then you can also get severely bad hangover. So I would suggest that uh, maybe the trick is to be just slightly unhealthy. Okay. Um, it's interesting. So you uh, did a lot of this um, research, I guess we can call it, in Las mm-hmm. Vegas, uh, a logical place to go. Of course, uh, the, the movie The Hangover was was set in Las Vegas. Uh, mm-hmm. So it sounds like there's some, some fun imbibing to be had in Las Vegas, but it's also uh, a place to, to go looking for, for a cure, it would seem. Uh, so, so uh, yeah, that was one uh, chapter of the book. I went all over the world, but that was one of uh, the first chapters. And what I did down there is I uh, went to put this self-reported hangover doctor to the test. This is a, um, a, a clinician who has a uh, place he calls Hangover Heaven, there where you go uh, and get these IV drips uh, to try to sort of, you know, set you straight. So what I did was I would go and over and by at night and then go visit him in the morning. Uh, and then to put his remedy to the fullest test, 
I would go and do things afterwards that nobody would ever want to do with a hangover. Uh, for example, I drove a, a, a Ferrari race car around a 10-turn track. I uh, flew a fighter jet in a mock dogfight. Uh, bazookas, went to a mariachi uh, concert, things like that. Um, and it did put his remedy to the test, perhaps unfairly so, and I, I, I did get quite ill. Um, but one of the interesting things I discovered down there, there were, one other thing I did uh, with a hangover was I jumped off the stratosphere, which is uh, one of the highest uh, freestanding towers in the world. Yeah. Uh, and, you, and you jump off it with a bungee cord attached, um, and it sort of uh, seemed to blow the hangover right out of me. And that uh, set me on a whole other path uh, doing experiments and research about adrenaline and uh, how it may serve to uh, to nullify uh, a, a particular deep hangover. Well, I, I, you can understand how maybe that that would. I I, I know the the thing you're talking the stratosphere. I I, my, I was there with my wife, and she said, mm-hmm. you know what, if you want to do it, go ahead because it's it's not cheap to do it. But th- it involves stepping off of that ledge. I I couldn't do it. I couldn't I, I, do I it. highly recommend it. I mean, uh, I was terrified uh, before I stepped off, but once you're in the air. Uh, I, I would now love to go back and do it again and again. It was, it was really cool. It's kind of an aside, but I would rec- recommend it next time. <laughs> uh, but if there are other ways people can find um, when it comes to, to creating adrenaline, you found that mm-hmm. maybe that is effective. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I took uh, that idea and did things like jump into a, uh, um, a, a, a glacial uh, runoff, like a, a waterfall off a glacier, uh, where essentially you're jumping into what should be frozen, but it's uh, liquid. And that uh, that extreme kind of cold will create a drastic fight-or-flight response. Uh, as strong a uh, adrenaline surge as you can get. Um, scientists uh, have this um, uh, thing they call the uh, fast-sobering phenomenon, whereby a uh, an otherwise uh, drunken individual will suddenly show the characteristics of a downright sober person after having a massive dose of adrenaline. And so I just sort of took that theory uh, into the realm of hangovers. And uh, it, it, that seems to be one of the one of the many things that actually had some uh, some merit to it. So as you travel around the world, though, I mean, you look at, you know, the hangover doctor in Las Vegas and, and different traditions and different approaches mm-hmm. in other countries are there a lot of common threads, or is there a lot of variation around the world? There's a lot of variation. I'd say, it's, weirdly enough, we have more common threads throughout time than we do over space, if you see what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said, uh, so many of those ancient folk- folkloric remedies um, actually contain the same things that we're using and looking at these days, whereas going around the world, you find in different cultures very different not just methods of treating hangovers, but concepts about hangovers. For example, in, in, in Japan, um, you know, there are even these places where you can go to learn how to appear drunk when you're not, because it's such a strong part of the culture to, to not want to offend a host by seeming like you're not imbibing enough. Uh, and in fact, uh, there's a tradition of, you know, sending these uh, morning after letters to your host you know, written in in a scrawled, shaky hand, <laughs> describing how very ill you feel. Uh, whereas, you know, in in other cultures, um, the the sort of stoicism and 
uh, pretending you feel good the next morning is the more polite kind of thing to do, you know. Yeah. Um, and I could go on and on. I mean, in different, in so many different cultures, the way that uh, we embrace or shun uh, drinking or, or and especially drinking too much uh, varies varies wildly, uh, you know, through, through different religions, cultures, and uh, societies. Because I think if it were any other drug, I mean, the, the response would be, well, if you want to avoid the morning after effects of that drug, don't do that drug. But alcohol, mm-hmm. as you say, I mean, it, it is such a part of our culture, for better or worse. No, it certainly is. And, uh, and yet we have a very dichotomous uh, view of, you know, what it is and what should be done with it. I mean, I think it's one of the reasons that there have really been no state-sponsored uh, of, um, projects to try to solve the hangover uh ever through history doctors are busy and they sort of uh say well this is pretty far down on our list because uh you know the solution's pretty simple don't drink you know um and yet uh that itself is kind of well it's mysterious it seems like there's a lot of at least money to be made (laughs) and uh and yet uh, most um you know most attempts uh sort of lead to lead to very little it's also an extremely complicated mechanism the hangover it's far more um uh complex than people realize people sort of uh chalk it up to the truism of uh of dehydration and it's so much more complicated than that indeed well it's fascinating topic the book is called hungover the morning after and one man's quest for the cure shaughnessy thank you so much for joining us here today really appreciate this Thank you. Have a good one. You too. All the best. Uh, Shaughnessy Bishop Stahl. Again, the book hung over the morning after One Man's Quest for the Cure. Uh, and, you know, he did find some some things that uh, to varying degrees worked. Uh, I think he's, he's maybe holding some of that close to his chest. But, you know, it's an interesting exploration of, you know, some of the folklore, the tradition, the different theories, the, the really weird kind of concoctions and... So there's some history there, some science there, and some experimentation on his part. Makes for a pretty entertaining read. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.